Hey, everybody, this is Jamie Dew. And I am Joe Fondo. I want to welcome you back again to the Towel and Basin Podcast. And so today I'm asking, Jamie, I'm asking you about this question of calling. Mm-hmm. Um, so particularly, I see this idea sometimes where people can feel that they are called to the ministry or mm. called by God or not right. called by God. Right. And it's almost a laity um, versus clergy divide. Yep. Right. And, and I don't always feel that that's helpful because sure. if we're all called to follow Jesus, like how do we understand calling? Yeah, so this is an extremely important question. And I don't think it's one, this is a question where we have allowed for the, the last couple decades for the pendulum to swing in ways that's not helpful. Mm. We get out of whack and, and we need to correct it. Mm-hmm. And so then we, we overcorrect and it comes way over here. So for example, um, probably 15 years ago, 20 years ago, up to that point, the dominant paradigm, it seemed to me, in the church was simply this. There are those who are in the ministry, and there are those who are not in the ministry. And on the one hand, that certainly does make sense, right? I mm-hmm. mean, so there are people with a pastoral calling on their life or a missiological calling on their life or to do student ministry or academics. Sure, there are people called to specific tasks, and then there are people that are lay people in the church, and they're not called to those tasks. On that level, it makes sense. But Mm -hmm. here's what was problematic about that view. That view sort of insinuates that you're either serving God or you're not. If God's called you to do it, good for you. But everybody else are just sort of the leftovers, and they don't have a kingdom impact. That is an anemic and detrimental view of the body of Christ. That is not how God designed this. God designed it so that every one of his children, male, female, black and white, every one of his children has a role to play in his kingdom work. And so that old view of in the ministry, not in the ministry, was detrimental to the vast majority of the body Mm -hmm. of Christ. And I think about 10, 15, maybe 20 years ago, we began realizing that, and so we began correcting. And it was good to correct, but, but here's what happened. We started saying, well, no, everybody serves Christ. And I can, so again, 10, 15 years ago, I can remember when I was in seminary, if you asked people, how many of you are going to go be a pastor in one of your seminary classes, probably 95% of the hands in the room went up. Mm-hmm. If you ask that same question today in our seminary classes, maybe 5% of the mm-hmm. hands go up. And that's not good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's not good for the body of Christ. We've gone too far that's in the right. direction. We definitely need more people. We once again do need to be calling out the called. Mm-hmm. I mean, look, God has called some of us to be pastors and some of us to be missionaries, and, and we got to start beating that drum again. Mm-hmm. But we started saying, no, everybody's in ministry. And I think what that did is it sort of took this pressure valve off and people started thinking, well, I don't have to go be a pastor now. I can serve by just being X in the mm-hmm. church. And you certainly can. Those are legitimate ministries in the church. But we've overcorrected to the point where we're not calling out the called anymore to mm-hmm. give themselves to pastoral ministries. And there's a bit of a crisis going on right now mm-hmm. where, frankly, there's just not enough people out there. There are not enough called out people to go pastor the churches that we've got in the SBC right now. Mm-hmm. So that mm-hmm. I think we overcorrected there. Yeah. What we've got to do is understand how everybody plays into the calling of God in their life um, and, and at the same time give the special attention or the right attention to those that are called to carry out specific tasks mm-hmm. within the body. So I think that's been a bit of our history. Yeah. A corrective, I think we start very big picture real quick. We need to understand what God intends to do with us and in us. Mm-hmm. So there's the mission and our purpose. 
You know, and there I'd say two things. I mean, just building off of the instruction of Jesus and the themes we see in the Ten Commandments. Look, we're called to love God, and we're called to love people. We love God by developing the devotion and our affections for Christ and our intimacy with Christ and abiding with Him. We love people by being kind and gracious and all these things. But we we love people also mm-hmm. by preaching the gospel, for, by fulfilling the Great Commission. Mm-hmm. We can't say we love people if we don't take the gospel to them. Mm-hmm. So we have to execute God's mission. That's what, where we start. Okay, So understand God is at work through history, through his people, mm-hmm. the body of Christ, the church. Very big picture that's kind of big idea. Big picture. And if yeah. that's true, then it's not just the preachers and the missionaries that God's going to use. It's also, yes, going to be the butcher, the police officer, the mm-hmm. lawyer, the school teacher, what we need. If we're going to fulfill the Great Commission, then it takes the entire body of mm-hmm. Christ infiltrating culture mm-hmm. and leveraging their lives for the cause of Christ in those places, mm-hmm. if we're going to do that. Mm-hmm. So I think the question when it comes to calling it, understand big picture there's a calling on all of us collectively to execute his mission. But then there is a particular calling for each one of us, and it goes back to what we talked about in one of our previous podcasts. This picture, this biblical metaphor of what we are, of Mm -hmm. the body of Christ, is central to all of us understanding our individual callings in Him. Mm -hmm. Some of us are a hand, some are a foot, some of us are an eye or an ear or a nose or a mouth. But collectively together, Mm -hmm. we are uh, a giant, the body of Christ that God wants to use. So we need to find out individually, where do I fit in into that body of Christ? So, okay, so then how do we do that? Yeah, that's a that's a very important question too. So when it big picture we understand what God is doing through history, now we turn to me as an individual, you as an individual or maybe that teenager in a youth group or that woman or that man in their in you know later in life they're wondering, you know, how do I serve Christ? I would give four principles here. Okay. Uh, number one, we do have to start with biblical instruction. And simply put, what I would say to people is, listen, if the Bible forbids it, God's not calling you to it. <laughs> if God commands it, he may very well be calling you to it. So, for example, you can't say, well, I'll just go be a prostitute for Jesus. Nope, that's out of bounds. That, <laughs> the, the parameters of Scripture would forbid that. Yeah. Okay, You can't say, I'll be a thief for Jesus. You know, I'll be a crook. For Jesus. Well, no. Because they need Jesus too. <laughs> yeah. And they do. Uh, we can justify all sorts of things, right? <laughs> right. Uh, no, that's not what God would call us right. to do because he forbids those those types of things. Right. God gives us some parameters on gender roles that mm-hmm. I think we have to be faithful to. So mm-hmm. if, if the Bible has laid out some parameters, start there. Mm-hmm. Understand what the biblical parameters are, and then you start the consideration. And mm-hmm. from that point forward, I would say it's pro- it's not going to be a formula we have that, hey, if you just execute this formula in 30 minutes, you're going to know what God's calling is. Mm-hmm. Be patient, my dear brothers and sisters. This is going to be something that God reveals to you over the long haul, not in a quick flash or moment. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, for example, I remember when I was in high school and even in college, and all of my buddies and friends that just knew God was calling them to a certain type of thing, I can tell you now that none of them are doing those things. I often counsel college students, and they're discouraged or despondent because they're 22, and you know their friends in the dorm, they know what God's called them to, and they don't, and they feel like there's something wrong with them. And I just assure them, no, 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 no. They think they probably actually a step ahead. That's right. right. (laughs) None of them are going to do that. I promise you that. Uh, It's just that's not how this works. Okay. So first of all, I'd say biblical instruction. Start there. Second thing I would say is, and this doesn't sound like much of an answer to them because they 
uh, they want to know the nuts and bolts of what I'm called to do. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like I'm giving them a non-answer, but I would say, no, no, no. Second, obedience. Mm. You need to be an obedient follower of Jesus Christ and everything that you know he's called his people broadly to do. Mm-hmm. You need to develop and culture, cultivate the practice of devotion, loving God, walking with God, obedi- obeying God, living for Christ in every single way you do. And you say, but I want to get to the nuts and bolts. What do you want me to do? But I'd ask a question. Why would he show you mm-hmm. the specifics if you're not devoted to him? Yeah. Why would he show you the specifics if you're not actually living in obedience? Doing it. Yeah. Master that first. Yeah. Right? I mean, that, that is so, this is such a tired um, a comparison, but I just can't help but see it. So I, I have a four-year-old and a six-year-old at home and my kids... And they don't understand half, uh, 95% of what I tell them to do. Mm-hmm. Like, they don't get the why. Right. But it's like, you know, why do we have to do homework? You know, why right. do we have to do spelling words? Yeah. You know, all this yeah. kind of stuff, right? Yeah. And, and, but it is so important because mm-hmm. you don't want to be, you know, how do you spell uh, the, like dumb and dumber, right? Yeah. To, to, you know what I mean? <laughs> right? And so we don't want to create, you know, adults like that. Right, right. Yeah, you have to learn the, the basics of walking with him first. Yeah. So true. Um, so do that. And the reason for that is for my third reason. It seems to me after you have cultivated and developed a life of devotion and obedience, and by life and obedience, let me unpack that for just a second. I'm not talking about a short season. Mm-hmm. I'm not talking about you went to a summer camp and had a summer high spiritually, or you have been away from God and you know, you've come back in the last two, three weeks, or three months, or four months, or maybe even a year. When I talk about a life, I'm talking about long, extended seasons of your life, years, maybe decades Mm -hmm. of faithful obedience and devotion to Christ. Mm -hmm. Develop that. Mm -hmm. Do that. And now, thirdly, pay attention to your passions. What's God put in your heart to do? Now, this is where it gets sticky because there's debate here. Some The world will tell you, just follow your heart. Mm-hmm. And the well-meaning, I think, Christian will quote back from the book of Jeremiah, but the heart is deceitfully wicked above all things. Whatever you do, don't trust your heart. Yeah. I, look, I totally get why Christ, some Christians are going to quote that verse in this context. And I would say there are times and places where they should quote that verse. There's sure. a lot of people saying, I'm going to do this for God, and their heart is in the wrong place. Sure. They shouldn't listen to their heart. But here's what I'd say. I think you said this off the air. While the heart is deceitfully wicked, the heart can also be trained, Mm. right? And uh, so what you can do is you could live your life for extended seasons of time such that it becomes your default patterns and dispositions Mm -hmm. in such a way that you are submitted to Christ, you're obedient to Christ, you love Christ, your heart is trained towards Mm -hmm. Him. And when you do that now and only now, yeah. I would say, what has God put in your heart to do? Yeah. The last thing I'd say is there needs to be corporate confirmation. And this is to say that the body of Christ needs to confirm this in you. Mm-hmm. But now here's the question, what does that look like? Yeah, right. Well, what I don't think it normally looks like, though you certainly can have some things like this, is people coming up to you, patting you on the back, and, man, you should be a preacher or you should be a missionary. I mean, sometimes that happens. I think you have to have the humility the eye for and the humility to grant the way the church naturally and normally looks to you mm-hmm. for service. So, for example, in my life over the last 24 years, rarely, if ever, have I been asked to lead worship. Mm-hmm. And in the few times I have done it, 
I didn't get asked again. <laughs> <laughs> Confirmation noted. Yep. And uh, that's the that, wrong way. <laughs> yep. This is not how Lord, the Lord is using me. All right. I do play a little guitar, but it's kind of for devotional purposes. I'm sure. not the guy to be up on a stage doing that. People sometimes ask, you ought to get up there. No. There are better people in the body of Christ <laughs> Actually, to do that. Better. Yeah. Are you a singer? Uh,. No, I wouldn't be a singer. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> sure. To to lead? No, I'm yeah, not. Okay. I'm not that guy. Uh, same thing with like organization. I mean, I rarely, if ever, has the church looked to me and said, "Hey, would you help us organize this major outreach event for our neighbor?" I'm just no. That's not. <laughs> and if they did ask me, they wouldn't only ask me one time. You know, one time will do it. The church has, however, historically, in the churches I've been a part of leaned on me, mm-hmm. needed me at times. Mm-hmm. Brother, would you preach for us? We need you to do this. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think in those moments, that's sort of indirectly mm-hmm. the body speaking and confirming this is how God's gifted you. This is where God is using you. So when you put all those things together and give it the mm-hmm. time and the process that it needs, I think you're positioning yourself to hear from the Lord on what He wants you to do. That's really important to me to hear and to to just internalize because when if you if you take this time period of like many say many years and I know it doesn't have to be that exactly but let's just say a long enough time period where you can no longer fool yourself right right it's you know you're not you can get passionate about something that's not really for you for a season you know you mm-hmm. can do that for a mm-hmm. season i mean that's it's right. like it's called powering through i mean you right. can even you can, you can convince yourself of whatever you need to, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. But if we're talking about, like, what am I on this earth for, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, you, you, it's just really a, an unsatisfying thing to sure. go down the wrong path. Absolutely. And so like, a good example of that in my life was, so when I was in seminary, I worked for two attorneys. And uh, <laughs> I'm kidding. Yeah. What did it, you do? I was, I was basically a, a paralegal. They didn't give me that title because I wasn't good enough at it. But they, I was basically a paralegal. I did real estate research for. This was back during the refi boom uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, in the early two thousands when yeah. interest Just rates were the bust. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. right. It's it's basically what helped lead right. the bust. <laughs> <laughs> so it wasn't my fault, guys. I just did research. That's all I did. Um, but I did that, and it was. I mean, it was a job I probably needed six months to learn how to do, and I got about fifteen minutes of. To teaching, and then I just had to figure it out. Those guys were phenomenal to me. They were great to me. And looking back, and I've said this on a previous podcast, nothing gets wasted in your life. Yeah. And how yeah. God used that to prepare me for what I do now is phenomenal when I look back on it. Um, and I'm glad I did it, and I did good had built good relationships with them. And during the time, there's absolutely no question that was God's provision for me and my family during that season of time. But there came a point when I knew I could not stay in that job yeah. much longer because if I did, I'd be, I would be being disobedient. I had this growing sense that God was about to move me into a church and into a pulpit, yeah. and I didn't know what to do with that. Mm-hmm. Do I now put my resume out? And I know a lot of people do that, and I don't have a problem with people doing that in my own life. God doesn't let me do it that way. He does not let Jamie do do it that way because I, I think <laughs> probably because he knows I'll just get too involved and egotistical about it. Yeah. And so I just said, well, Lord, if that's what you want to do, you have my yes. But I don't know how to orchestrate that or bring that about. Man, yeah. within no time at all, um, God opened a door for me to be uh, pastor of church. Let me, let me ask you a question. This is a little bit of a sideline question. Um, and I know we're kind of finishing up this issue, but I, I, can't, I can't pass this up. Did you have a period of unrest to rest or 
dissatisfaction, dissatisfaction. Mm-hmm. Was it was it defined during that time and other times? And like, how did like tell me about that? Yeah, yeah. I mean, so definitely. Well, I would say for me, it wasn't in the major times. So like moving from the law firm to the pastorate, moving from the pastorate to the classroom, mm-hmm. going into a deanship, and then even yes. Even this last time, going from where I was as the dean of the college at Southeastern to now the president here at NOBTS Level College, in all of those major moves, they were preceded by, not necessarily for me at least, unrest, Mm -hmm. uh, but for a sense of curiosity and a sense that I don't know if I'll be here long. Um, at, at, At the law firm, there was this growing sense that I don't think I'm supposed to be here anymore. Hmm. And I simply gave the Lord my yes, and at that point I had peace. I trusted that He would He'd open up whatever door He wanted me to do. When I was leaving the church that I pastored uh, for eight and a half years, I was always afraid. I knew the day would come. I did. Uh, the day I accepted the call there, I knew two things. I knew clearly God had called me there. But number two, I also had a pretty clear sense that the day would come that I would go into academics. Mm-hmm. I just didn't know when that would be. I thought, I don't know if that's a year, two years, four years. Well, it was eight and a half. And I was, during that eight and a half years, I knew that day was going to come. And I was always terrified that it would be vague mm-hmm. when that time would come. It wasn't. When the time came, the Lord made it crystal clear to me it's time. And I could see it coming from six months out. Wow. So there was a season of I'm not supposed to be. And in that particular case, it was a stewardship question of my life. Mm-hmm. I had given my professional youth there. And I knew that I could not, I was not allowed by the Lord to, to give another season of life like that, that I had to go now to, a, to the academic side and disciple students. Um, and even then, interestingly, at Southeastern, about, about two years before uh, this whole thing came up for the presidency here at NOBTS and Level College, uh, God had brought me to a sweet, sweet place in my life of I was the recovering arrogant guy that I talked about in one of the previous podcasts where of just genuine joy and delight in the job that he had given me and what he had done in my life. And there was such an overwhelming amount of contentment that it was, there was joy in it to the point where just in prayer, I would often find myself offering myself back to God. Lord, I I love you. I'm, I'm grateful for what you've done. What do you want? I'll do anything. And then I almost died. Uh, <laughs> and next week, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, the cliffhanger. No, I did. I woke up one morning, had an artery burst in my large intestine. I almost bled to death. I spent a month in the hospital, had major abdominal surgery to remove 15 inches of my large intestine. They tried a whole bunch of things to try Holy to crap. fix it. Nothing fixed it, so they had to remove it. I ended up getting an infection. I mean, I was in the hospital for like a month, and I almost died. And when I came out of that, it was so clear to me that I shouldn't have survived. There's just no way I was supposed to have, uh, that I would have survived that. And I was just, I could not help but ask the question, Lord, what do you want from me? And I, because I was so content with what he had done in my life, the next thing was, God, what do you want from me? I just want to give it whatever that is. And so I kind of knew for about two years, I had this sense that something's going to happen. I don't know what it is. I'd never, ever envisioned this. Mm. I suspected it would be 
maybe step down from my dean role at Southeastern and just go back into the classroom mm-hmm. and pour myself into students directly. Mm-hmm. Or I even suspected maybe God was going to take me to a church, to pastor a mm-hmm. church again. And while I would have never thought that I would go back into the pastorate, um, and plenty of times would not have wanted that, um, I was willing. If that's, Lord, what you want me to do, then that's what I'll do. Mm. And then this happened. And uh, so, you know... I. I don't know. It's just, um, yes, all that to say, it was preceded by seasons of something's up. You know what I hear? I hear a lot of, a lot of what you're saying. I hear a lot of things in this, but one thing that stands out to me is there's a very holistic view, whether you are discerning your calling or whether you are watching God call you. There's a very holistic view, and the more pieces of that that we can look at, mm-hmm. the more we can figure out what God is telling right. us. Triangulation. Triangulation. Uh, things coming at you from multiple directions, all saying the same thing. Yeah. And that's why I say, you know, biblical uh, instruction, obedience, uh, passions that develop within that season of de- obedience. obedience, and then corporate confirmation um, really sort of give you that triangulated yeah. vantage point, it should be the case that God shouts at you from every direction of your life. This is what I want you to do. That's super helpful. Hey, everybody. This is Jamie and Joe again. If you like this podcast, would you leave us a rating and review wherever you listen to podcasts? That helps other people find it. And if you have any questions, we'd love to hear about them. Just go to jamiedo.com slash questions and send them in that way, and we'll take a look at the most frequently asked questions and give them a shot.